And God, we pray that you would hear the hungers and the searchings and the longings and the questions and the tears and the laughter and the dreams and the visions of our hearts and souls today. Oh, meet us at this exact moment and transform us through your love. Amen. On this, the first Sunday of the new year, 2007, I cannot think of anywhere else I would want to be. Why? (laughs) Because you're here. (laughs) And that sounds kind of sappy, but I mean it. Because uh, God's in you. And we've already talked about how awesome God is. And if God is in you and God's awesome, what does that make you? Awesome. (laughs) Can, Can we believe that? Sometimes we are so down on ourselves and we don't realize how up on us God is. Uh, God didn't create us to be down on ourselves. And I think you bring awesome people together on the first Sunday of the new year and recognize the powerful presence of God and you start to build on that. And, And while I'm excited to be here on this first Sunday of 2007, I can't wait to see what it's going to be like on the first Sunday of 2008 because God's going to do some amazing things here. One question I would throw out is, um, who's the most inspiring person you've ever met in your life? Think of some people who have inspired you. I I found myself thinking of Mrs. Fidgey. She was my second grade, grade school teacher, and she had a unique way of inspiring me. She sent me to the principal's office at at least once a month. (laughs) It worked. (laughs) I was inspired. Um, I think of, um, of my grandmother, Mima from West Texas, uh, who came from a very poor and troubled background, and at age 16, she had a choice between prostitution or setting a new life for herself, and she chose to create that new life and to become a woman of faith, and she inspires me to this day. I think of uh, my partner, John, who died of AIDS 10 years ago, and... Uh, how he inspired me with his determination to live until he died. And uh, I know he's here in spirit today, uh, offering his support and his encouragement. Think of the people in your life who have inspired you. Think of at least three people who have inspired you and, and, and call those memories into this room right now. When you have your three people, just, just raise your hand. Think of those who have inspired you. Think of those who have inspired you. Who are those who have inspired you in your life? Those people who have challenged you to be better. Those people who have challenged you to dream. Those people who have shown you your best self. Wow, this room is full of inspiration. Because there are three times as many people in this room now than there were when I began the sermon. Because we've called all these thoughts into this room. You can put your hands down, but continue to hold these folks in your thought. Now, of all the people who have inspired me, there is one who has inspired me more than anyone else. And the one person who I've met who has inspired me more than anyone else is Jesus. Now, now that may seem a little audacious. <laughs> like, Pastor Dwayne, are you saying you've actually met Jesus? Not only have I met Jesus, I've had conversations with Jesus. 
Because I believe our relationship with Jesus Christ can be that real and that powerful. I've met Jesus in Scripture. I've met Jesus in powerful music like we've heard today. I've met Jesus in conversation. I've met Jesus in prayer. I've met Jesus through many of you as you've lived your best self. Jesus has inspired me in so many ways. And one of the questions I've asked Jesus, to which I got an answer, was, Jesus, how is it that you were able to do what you were called to do even when people criticized you? I I wish I could be more like you. I mean, I want to do what Jesus has called me to do, but sometimes I make choices and I begin to move forward and I find myself criticized. And so as a result of that, I find myself sometimes backing off. And I don't quite do what I know I'm called to do because I'm worried about other people's opinions. But what's amazing about Jesus is he didn't worry about other people's opinions. So I asked him how that was possible for him. And what Jesus said was, there was one voice in my life that mattered more than any other voice. And because that one voice had the most power in my life, then all those distracting voices no longer had power. Jesus heard that voice in what I believe is the most powerful moment in all of Scripture, which is the moment of Jesus' baptism. I think Jesus had that inner capacity to live his character and to live his faith because of what happened in today's Scripture. We shared that together a few moments ago. But I want us to hear it again in a different translation. This is the most powerful moment in Jesus' life right here. After all the people were baptized, Jesus was baptized. As he was praying, the sky opened up and the Holy Spirit, like a dove descending, came down on him. And along with the Spirit, a voice, You are my beloved. Chosen and marked by my love, the pride of my life. You are my beloved. You are the pride of my life. We all love to hear that. We, we love to hear it from our girlfriend or our boyfriend or our spouse, our husband, our wife, our parents. But imagine hearing that from God. You are my beloved. You are the pride of my life. That's what God said to Jesus. And because of that, Jesus was transformed and Jesus began to do a transforming work. You are my beloved, the pride of my life. Heaven opened. The Spirit descended. And that's what Jesus heard. I am audacious enough to believe that we can all have that kind of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm audacious enough to believe that right now, heaven is opening for us and heaven is opening for this congregation. And the Spirit of God is descending on this place today to each and every one of us saying, you are my beloved. And I am proud of you. Just close your eyes for a moment. Hear the pride of God for you today. You are my sons. You are my daughters. And I am so proud of you. You matter. You matter. Amen.
someone right now is sitting at Starbucks, drinking their third cup of coffee, <laughs> trying to recover from the eight drinks they had last night. <laughs> and I'm not saying this from a place of judgment. I'm saying this from a place of calling. If I could send any message to that person right now sitting in that Starbucks recovering from a hangover, because I've been there, <laughs> I would say, you matter. You may feel like you don't matter. And maybe that's why you had the eight drinks. Because you're trying to cover up the feelings of disconnection and the feelings of hurt. But I want you to know you matter. You matter to God. And uh, you matter to this church. And I feel that we have a mission in 2007 to go to our community and to let every single person know that they matter. Yes, you, you, you may have just broken up and your girlfriend may have just dumped on you and your parents may have just cut you out of their will, but you matter. Maybe you just lost your job. You matter. Maybe you just lost your dreams. You matter. Maybe you just got that diagnosis from the doctor that you hoped you would never get. You matter. That's what God said to Jesus at Jesus' baptism, and that is what God is saying to us today. You matter. And what's amazing in all of this is that once we know we matter, we can do anything. And that is the meaning of our baptism. It means that we go into those waters and we reject our old fears. It means we go into those waters and we reject small and limited thinking. It means that we go into those waters and we go into those waters, we are so focused on love that every fear is turned away. Jesus baptized us at his moment of baptism. And today we participate that in a powerful way. Uh, I'm inspired by the testimony of our leaders. And I'd like you to hear just a little bit of the testimony of the moderator of MCC who lives in Florida, but who uh, is powerfully transformed through her baptism. This is from Reverend Elder Nancy Wilson. In baptism, we are beloved as Jesus was so long ago. Baptism is an invitation to follow Jesus. Now, how do we do that in MCC in our world in the 21st century is a real question that may take more than a lifetime to answer. What I know is baptism is the greatest adventure. I was baptized as an infant in the Methodist Church, and in that ritual, my parents promised to bring me up learning about Jesus and being a Christian, and that they did. Yet, growing up, I was always hungry for more. I struggled with the alienation of so many that so many of us have felt in our families and sometimes in our churches if we grew up in a church. I struggled with my sexuality and my identity, and often alone. 
It was not until I walked through the doors of an MCC that I really connected my passion about God and Jesus to a community and to a cause. And that connection was another kind of baptism for me because I was invited to a richer, a deeper, and closer walk with the God who called me beloved at my first baptism. When Jesus was baptized, He joined His heart to the heart of God. And today, we are all invited to do the same. It's all about identity. Knowing who we are and whose we are. And therein finding this amazing, amazing strength. I love that image that Reverend Elder Nancy Wilson uses of our hearts being connected to the heart of God. Think you have a weak heart, an uncourageous heart, a fearful heart? When your heart is connected to the heart of God, all that is changed. And our hearts become strong and potent and powerful and holy and alive and transformative and inspirational. I believe that God can work through each one of us in a way that's so powerful that the next time I ask that question, who has inspired you in your life, you will find yourselves pointing to each other. <laughs> imagine, imagine a congregation where we all mutually inspire each other to live our best lives for Jesus Christ. Reverend Wilson has some more great things to say about baptism that I just love. Listen to this. In Jesus' baptism, we are invited to join our hearts to the heart of God and to claim our belovedness. Is it too audacious for us to really identify with Jesus? So many come into MCC with chronic unworthiness and low self-esteem. Are we really supposed to identify with Jesus? Yes. Today we are invited to see ourselves in that river coming up free, open-hearted, and new, and hearing the voice of the one who calls us beloved and says that we're pleasing and good. So many who come to MCC are still too scared to even put their toes in the water, yet nothing's going to change until each of us do, until we are immersed in the values and the way of loving and living that Jesus lived and taught. Christianity was not meant to be a religion, but a way of life. Jesus is inviting us to identify with him. I love that. We're not about religion. <laughs> We're about a, a way of life. My prayer for us is that our way of life would be so audacious that indeed people would say this is a congregation of people who have met Jesus and been transformed by Jesus. I, I pray that we would be so audacious that we would not just call ourselves Christian, but Christ followers. People following Christ with his values. People following Christ through whatever challenge may emerge. People living the heart and life of Jesus. How bold and audacious would that be? 
At this moment, I would like us to begin to move towards actually sharing the sacrament of baptism in this place, actually experiencing the opening of heaven. But I'd like us to remember again what Jesus heard at his baptism and acknowledge that that is also God's message for us. At Jesus' baptism, heaven opened, and the Spirit descended like a dove, and a voice said, You are my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. I believe that's exactly what's going to happen in this place today. That heaven will open in these moments. The Spirit will descend. And a voice will say to us, You are my beloved sons and daughters, with whom I am well pleased. A few of you have chosen to be baptized today. But I'd like all of us to join in this, to either remember our baptism or our rebaptism and the voice of God's love for us. I'd like us to hear that voice right now, the voice of God descending. I invite you to close your eyes for just a moment and just think of what God might want to say to you today. Maybe what God wants to say to you today is something that sounds very much like this. My beloved daughters and sons, I want to love you. I have so much love for you. I want to give you more than you have ever dared to ask for because you matter to me. It is my desire to guide you, protect you, provide for you, and shower you with my divine goodness. It is my desire that you be happy and healthy and loved. I want to fill you with peace. I want you to have peaceful and joy-filled experiences because I cherish you. I want you to experience total well-being. And I have a question for you. When will you stop trying to convince me that you do not deserve the love that I have for you? My beloved, let go of all of the thoughts of unworthiness and hopelessness. Let go of all of the thoughts of punishment or abandonment. I love you exactly the way you are because I know exactly who you are. You are my own. You are my beloved sons and daughters, and I am opening heaven for you. You matter to me. Amen. You matter. The deepest meaning of the baptism. Friends and family, as we come to this fount of living water, we celebrate the gift of grace in the sacrament of baptism. Let us recall the meaning of our baptism. We remember that Jesus came to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to make Jesus change his mind. John said, I ought to be baptized by you, yet you, Jesus, have come to me. Jesus said, let it be so for now, for in this way we follow the call of God. So John agreed. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, heaven was opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and lighting on him. Then a voice said from heaven, this is my own dear beloved 
with whom I am well pleased. At another time, Jesus said, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Creator and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is the sacrament through which we are publicly united to Jesus Christ and given a part in Christ's ministry of reconciliation. Baptism is the visible sign of an invisible event. The reconciliation, the bringing back together of God and people. Baptism shows the death of old ways of being, old ways of thinking, old ways of speaking. And it reflects new birth into the identity of Christ. Baptism is not stagnant, but it is a movement. A movement and a life of faithfulness and praise. Baptism also shows the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on God's beloved. In baptism, God works in us the power of forgiveness. We forgive even those who have hurt us the most. In baptism, God works in us the renewal of the Spirit. And God works in us the knowledge of the call to be God's people always. This may seem like ordinary water today, but through the power of God, this water is going to become the water of new birth and new power. Let us bless this water. This is the water of baptism. Out of this water, we rise to new life. Out of this water, we are forgiven of sin. Out of this water, we are one in Christ. Out of this water, we are members of Christ's body. In the name of God, our Creator, Jesus Christ, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, our Counselor. If you wish to be baptized, I invite you to come forward at this moment and stand right here at the very heart of the congregation because baptism really does come from the heart. We are purposely not baptizing way up here, way up there, because we want it to happen right here. If you're supporting someone being baptized, you may wish to stand on this first row as a symbol of your support, and I'd invite Reverend Mona and Reverend Tracy to come and uh, stand here as well as part of your support. Just line up right here, all who wish to be baptized. This is a movement forward into what God is seeking to do. Amen. Amen. Okay, we have more coming. All right. I'm going to begin with questions for the adults seeking to be baptized, and then we'll have questions for the parents of those who are baptizing uh, their infants or children today. First for the adults. Do you profess Jesus Christ as Savior and leader of your life? If so, respond, I do. Do you promise by the grace of God to be Christ's disciple, to follow in the way of our Savior, to resist oppression and evil, to show love and justice, and to witness to the work and word of Jesus Christ as best you are able? If so, respond, I promise with the help of God. Do you promise, according to the grace given you, to grow in the Christian faith and to be a faithful member of the Church of Jesus Christ, celebrating Christ's presence and furthering Christ's mission in all the world? 
If so, respond, I promise, with the help of God. And now for the parents of those wishing to baptize their children today. Do you desire to have your child baptized into the faith and family of Jesus Christ? If so, respond, I do. Will you encourage your child to renounce the powers of evil and to receive the freedom of new life in Christ? If so, respond, we will with the help of God. Will you teach your child that your child may be led to profess Jesus Christ as sovereign and savior? If so, respond, we will with the help of God. Do you promise by the grace of God to be Christ's disciples, to follow in the way of our savior, to resist oppression and evil, to show love and justice, and to witness to the work and word of Jesus Christ as best you are able? If so, respond, we do promise with the help of God. Do you promise according to the grace given you to grow with your child in the Christian faith, to help your child to be a faithful member of the church of Jesus Christ by celebrating Christ's presence, by furthering Christ's mission in all the world, and by offering the nurture of the Christian church so that your child may affirm this baptism? If so, respond, we do promise with the help of God. This is not a journey that any of us make alone. We make this together. And the whole community gathered here is here to support you. So for this moment, I would invite all of you to rise as you are able in body or in spirit. I invite you to extend an open hand as a symbol of your openness, as a symbol of your love and support. Do you who witness and celebrate this moment promise your love, support, and care to these about to be baptized? as they live and grow in Christ. If so, please respond. We promise our love, support, and care. We promise our love, support, and care. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. Okay. I baptize you in the name of God our Creator, Jesus Christ our Savior, and the Holy Spirit. I baptize you in the name of God our Creator, in the name of Jesus Christ our Savior, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I baptize you in the name of God our Creator, Jesus Christ our Savior, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Whole family again. Two whole families at least today. I baptize you in the name of God our Creator, Jesus Christ our Savior, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Another whole family. This is exciting. I baptize you in the name of God our Creator, Jesus Christ our Savior, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I baptize you in the name of God our Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Supporting. Great. These two. All right. I baptize you in the name of God our Creator, 
Jesus Christ, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Amen. And there's a simple song that affirms this moment. A simple song, Yes, Jesus Loves Me. Robert, if you could just come and help us sing this together. We celebrate our baptism today with Jesus' baptism as well. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. God, on this day, we thank you for the amazing way that you call us to live the life of Jesus. We thank you for his baptism and how his baptism has now become our baptism in this holy place today. Help each one of us to live our baptism, to live our faith, and thank you for reminding us again so powerfully that to you we matter. Amen and amen.